Tisha B'Av, even the early part of Tisha B'Av, where the Avelis is very heavy through the night and through Chatzais, and certainly the second part of Tisha B'Av, after Chatzais, where there is an open ray of light, Mashiach is born, and there's the sign of Geula. The whole Tisha B'Av is truly full of hope, even at the darkest moments of Tisha B'Av. We are crying for something that's alive, for something that will be reborn. And we are crying for something that will be restored. And there's so many lessons to learn from Tisha B'Av, and we spoke about it in previous shiurim, of some lessons we can learn from it. The one thing I wanted to bring down over here, just in general, of about human emotion, and how you're supposed to react on tsaris that occur. And we put here a PDF of a Ravid, of a Radvaz, a tshuva of the Radvaz, fascinating tshuva. This is something Mamish Benegeya, the Indian of Tishabov and Avelis. And the Shaila is what Echad Megdoyle Hadar Shemesloi Ben. It was one of these, he says, Gedoyle Hadar, when the greatest of our generation, right, a big hush of a person, but his son passed away. And he did not even shed one tear. Is that a good midah or not? Now, the reason why one would believe that it is a midah taiva is because it shows you have control over your emotions, apparently. It shows, perhaps, that you have such a strong betachen and HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and that you truly believe that your the son that was lost is not lost, but he just transitioned from Olam to Olam and you are comforted by that, and you live with one with Hashem. Just to be done with Kafschus, this God Ladar. That that is why he didn't shed a tear. Not because he was a stone cold hearted person, but because he understood and had that heightened awareness of what true life really is, that a soul is Nitzchias. But nevertheless, the way the tshuva answers, that is not the case. And that's and even if you actually believe that and experiencing that, you, can, you, you need to cry over that son that was lost in this world. Tshuva, zumidara, it's a negative thing not to shed a tear. Moiri al alev, it shows a hardness of heart. Varoya tchunas nefesh and on a negative aspects of the soul, the midas achzarius, and it's cruel. And he goes through and explains and the philosophers used to say that this world is all emptiness and nothing. And therefore, everything is meaningless anyway. So why cry? But we, we receive the Torah. We believe and we know this world is tremendously precious. Life on this world is tremendously precious. Despite the fact that it's and we say by Rosh Hashanah that we're like broken shards. What's our life? But with all that, it's an Indian Nechbad Ma'id. If you use it properly, or the by if you behave properly in this world, 
Through this world's avoida, you receive and your soul living on forever for and ever. Who this world is considered the world of action. So you don't wail just to wail, but rather you're wailing on your actions and on the tshuva that you need to do, and you do shed tears for lost relatives, and certainly on a Adam Kosher. And that's the Midas HaChasidim, and Nevi'im, and Anshay Maisa. They cry. They cry when there's a loss. It shows on the purity of one's soul. And his humbleness. In front of his creator. And one of the purpose of, the, of this is. is You should bewail your own sins. And mourn over the sins. To do tshuva. That there's a reason for it. And the Chazali brings down, that's what the Chazal say, meaning that there are levels of Avelis. Yes, you look in Mayat Katan, there's a warning, don't overdo it. You're not more of a Rachman than I am, HaKadosh Baruch Hu says. There's a scary story with Rav Huna, a lady was crying too much over his child, and Rav Huna begged her, stop, stop, you're Ma'iradinim, and she didn't stop, and another child died, another child died, until finally she died. Because you can't be more of a Rachman than HaKadosh Baruch Hu. That's why there's set times for Avelis. It's not forever and ever. At most for a parent, it's 12 months. There's, there's, that, there's the three days, and then there's seven days of Shiva, and then there's 30 days of Shloshim, and then there's the year for parents. There are Hadrogas and Hanogas of Avelis, so that's true. But during those times, though, you need to be knowing that Avelis. And that is part of what a Yid is. And of Avinu, it says, Lispaid Lissara Velabkaisa. He cried over Sarah. He was Maspid Sarah. Vechain Yaakov. Vechain David Amelech. Right? Yaakov, the stum is in reference of Yosef, who he didn't know what really happened to him. And David Amelech, after his son died, after the story of Basheva. O Rabbim Ke'ela. Ain Mispar. All the tzaddikim, they mourned over losses of people that left this world, of their lost ones, of their loved ones. That says, You can't, you can't go overboard, like we just explained before. Where he brings out the Gemara, it's the Gemara that I referenced. But you see from here, that to harden your heart, that's Kaishi Alev. And a lot of times, many of us, depending on your personality, we fight this. We fight this. We don't want to feel. We don't want to mourn. We don't want to... Show, we find it that it's a sign of weakness to cry or to show emotion or to show caring or to show love or to show vulnerability or to show loss. It is a healthy thing to show loss. It's a healthy thing, by the way, just to simply show feeling, midas. And Rabbi Wolbo talked about it when we gave the, the Shalom Bayesh Yoram on it that, uh, and, he, and he says in letters and other things to warn Hasanim in general but you know and, and just B'nai Taira in general where, where there's such an emphasis on the Kaya Haseichel of Taira 
And sometimes a person, if he doesn't work on developing healthy emotions, it's mitztamik veraloi, meaning it gets hardened. You deaden your emotions because you think, you know, you always have to be in control of yourself. But that doesn't mean you don't, you, you, you bury healthy emotions that need to be. And certainly on Tisha that's one of the lessons. If it's hard to visualize the, the, the Chorban and the tragedy of it, you think about one's own losses. That's why people read about things pertaining to World War II that's closer to us in our generation. Something to tap into to get to a point to realize what the Chorban actually is. If we're not on the Madrega to mourn on something that happened 2,000 years ago. For some tzaddikim, it was so real. And we have to work on it to get to that point that it's really, truly real for us. But the idea of crying and avelis is a midah taiva. It's a good midah. The idea of caring, the idea of comforting someone who is hurting, the idea of feeling hurt and being honest about it, all this is healthy. These are midahs taivas. And the key of feeling these emotions, besides what this tshuva talks about, one of the biggest dekudais, especially on Tisha B'av, especially when you read the Agdama of the Chafetz Chaim, which is the most profound Agdama. And people learn Chafetz Chaim in and out, and, and, and year in and year out, and even multiple times a year. We have to make sure that that message of that Agdama continues on forever and ever. Continues on until the Zaycha that Mashiach actually comes. Because that Agdama is very, very powerful. And Agdama explains what Sinas Chinam is. And that is what is holding back the Geula. And if we still have Sinas Chinam in our midst, how could we expect the Geula can come? If that was the very cause of the Chorban, of the Chorban and, and the result, which is the Golis that we're still in. And that is very powerful. And therefore, to reverse that, we need to have a Havaschinam. I know there are many, many, many speeches about it, and, and come out, all of us, Baruch Hashem, are talking about it. And we have to continue talking about it until we actually, it's internalized, and we actually fix it, and we actually work towards it. To be malamet on people, to be more compassionate to people, to see the Tzara Toiv in Kal Yisrael. And to comfort people when they're hurting, to show empathy. So when you see this is a, a Musar Haskell, just like we're sitting on the floor or in the end, or even later in Tisha B'av, but we're still in Avelis and all the Dini Avelis are Nayig. And we want HaKadosh Baruch Hu to be Menachem us. We have to be Daima Labayre. If we are Menachem other people, HaKadosh Baruch Hu will be Menachem us. Not just in the Etzem Mitzvah Nicham Avelim when you go to visit someone in a Shiva call. But even when it's not a Shiva call, even when it is not shiva at all. Even if it's of a different type of tsar, not necessarily a loss of a, of, a, of a close relative, but anyone who is in any type of tsar, to comfort them, to be menachem them, someone who is hurting, to sit with them, to be a calming presence for them. Similar to the friends of Eve, they sat with him and was a calming presence for him. Acknowledge it must be hard for you. That's empathy. And to really mean it. That makes them feel noticed. That makes them feel comforted and validated. I'm here for you means a lot when you say to a person, I'm here for you. 
When you say to a person, I'm here for you, and you mean it, you're not judging them. You're not judging them. You're just loving them as a person for who they are. You're not making cheshbonus in your head that this happened because of this and that and the other thing. You're just there for that person, period. Let the big makubal or the tzadik adar or whoever it is tell him that he has to fix this and this and the other thing. That's not your job. Your job is to sit with him. When he's in this tsar, you sit with him. I am here for you. I'm not judging you. You're in a tsar. I'm here to help you. That itself sweetens din. That itself, without even saying anything else, will be ma'ayr, that person who is hurt to have a nechama and want to feel better and want to be better. Don't try to make them feel a different way, something different. I am here for you. I won't leave you. I have your back. I'm listening to you. All the time I'm listening to you. You have my full attention to whatever you want to say. I'll keep it confidential. I'm a listening ear for you. And they feel less alone by you being there for them. You can do this for your own husband and wife very often in marriage. Very often a husband and wife has that vulnerable part where they are crying and they're afraid to share it with you. You'll make fun of them. You'll criticize them. There needs to be a moment in every marriage where a husband or a wife, both, need not be afraid when they're hurting. Something's worrying them. They're crying over something. To allow them to express that and by you not judging them, but just by being there for them. Without judgment, without anger, without any negative feeling, only positive. I'm listening, I hear you. I'm here for you. And even when you sense they're not ready to talk yet, they need their space. That's also a chesed. But what you do is you tell them at that moment in time, you're not ready to talk. You're not ready to discuss this. You're still in pain. You don't want me around. You want to be alone. There are times where you have to use your shikaladas and still be there. But there are times where you have to take a step back. They want to be alone. You need to leave them and give them their space and let them be alone. But what you could say before you leave, you want your space and I give you your space. But I want you to know that I'm here for you. I'm close by. I'm just a phone call away. I'm just a car ride away from being here. You need me, give me a call, I'll be here. This way you're acknowledging You're acknowledging and respecting their need to be alone, but you're never too far. You're then never so alone that you won't be there for them if they decide later, I want to call you. I want to connect with you. And that itself is comforting. That itself is comforting where you tell somebody who does need their space, I need you to leave now. I I can't talk now. I I need to be alone now. But by telling them this, I'm leaving you your space. I know you need your space and I will respect that and I'm moving away. But I'm not far away. I'm right here. I'm a phone call away. I'm a text away. And I'll be here. You give the call and I'm here. It's the shared human condition. And that is what it is. 
That is what it is, and that's what Klai Yisrael, we're one aver. We are one, really one body, connected. When our toenail hurts, our brain feels it. When Klai Yisrael is hurting, no matter where it is, you feel it. You feel it. We understand you can't go and run around to the whole world, be Menachem Oval, people you don't know, or you never met from across the world. But when you hear about these things, to feel that Tsar, to feel it and, and to really have compassion and put in a prayer for their families. They're our family. They're our brothers and sisters. People felt that when what happened in Maron happened. But the truth is, anytime, not that we look for this news, but Khalila, you know, you, you see someone's already looking at Yeshiva world or wherever it is, and you hear Nebuch, these terrorists in the past, it should not happen in the future. We should not see any of this. Hashem. Shem should protect all of us that from this moment on, we should not see when we open up Yeshiva world or wherever it is, any type of tragedy, any type of untimely death, Khalila, or any type of tsar. We shouldn't hear from it. But I'm talking on the Ovar when we did. And you saw Nebuch, someone was killed in a car crash and left an Amona with five children. And we don't know them and we'll never know them. And you're not on that level that you write them a letter or may not reach them. You're busy, you have a busy life and you have too much to do. But you saw that piece of news. You see that piece of news. You don't let it just slide over you. You don't let it slide over you. Yehoyred adima achas. At least, if not adima achas, a krechts achas. Oi, you have rachmanus, you have empathy. Empathy for that almona, empathy for the assignment. Empathy for the victim of that car crash that had to go through that tsar. Even though right now he's in the Olama MS in Gan Eden. But you, you realize it's a scary, scary thing. And you feel that tsar. Because we're all one. We're all one. And I'll be Messiah here with a with a very important Nakuda. That even that even when you see negative negative things, you see people that are insolent or rough or, or bad behaviors. If you could do something to try to correct it, that's one thing. Whatever the mitzvahs are in the gather of what the Torah is machai of you to do. But when you're looking at that person, you got to think for a moment. And you hear so many stories like this, that very often negative behaviors, beneath the surface of that negative behavior, is a certain deep hurt that they have, a lack that they have, that if you fill it, that negative behavior could be corrected. Maybe it may take a lot of time, but a sensitive person sees this. They sense sometimes when a person, let's say, is insolent or chutzpahdik on the outside. It's because on the inside, they have a deep insecurity within them. And that's something Alim Rashos also. Chavetz Chaim talks about in Hilchus Chavetz Chaim on different ways of how to be done like Chavetz The first step is to actually evaluate maybe nothing wrong was done or said. That's the first step. You do everything you can to see whether this act was actually an avla. Maybe it wasn't an avla at all. That's one step. And then the Chafetz Chaim goes further. Don't think that the job is over then. Let's say you did all your analysis and you realize that the behavior was indeed negative. So you can't get around that. Let's say you checked it 100% verification. 
this person did this or behaved this way, and may aid them on it, and 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 in the proper context, and you got the story right and correct, still you judge them favorably. How, but the negative feeling and behavior was done. Then there's a next level of dam lekavschos. Maybe he was under terrible stress. Maybe you just lost a loved one. Maybe you just lost a job. Maybe something happened in his life to get him to that point where he couldn't take it anymore and he lashed out or did whatever negative thing he did. That's also B'Tzedek Tishpah And let's start from the lighter things. If someone really, really hurts you, we talked about it in previous shiurim, it's harder to overcome such a grudge. And we talked about it in, in, in the last year in, in Tisha B'Av. But at least, at the very least, when it doesn't hurt so much, where it's not such a big nisayan. It's like by tzitzis, right? We say that the einish of not wearing the white threads are greater because it's more accessible, it's easy to get, as opposed to tcheles. Same thing over here. If it's no sweat off your back, when you see something and you could interpret it in a negative way, and instead you don't look have schus, that maybe, no, maybe, maybe first of all, he didn't do an avla, and even if he did, maybe, he, you know, there's a reason behind it, and he was, something happened, and you don't know about it, and you don't look have schus. Do that with no sweat off your back. And it's not even such an asylum. It's not like the guy hurt you. Why not be done look have schus? The more we do that, the more we develop our muscles for that, train our eyes for that, the more we will see the chesed of Hashem shine upon us. And that will ultimately be zeichet to the Geula. Amen.